driving gloves were a combination of gearheads. John, the instigator. Derek, the conservator. Will, the builder. Sean, the racer. And maybe a guest invite you to listen while they sit down, have a drink, and discuss cars. Learn more and subscribe to the podcast with no driving gloves. Time now for the ride. So, Sean, you want a van? Are you doing an intro or are you just we just starting on? We're all recording. <laughs> we're just saying you're supposed you're. You're supposed to just start by saying, I want a van. I do want a van. We're, we're starting with, I want a van. And I literally, I just typed, I want a van in the Googles. And the Googles returns the van that I actually want as the top search, which means, I mean, we all know this, but Google is always listening. We had this conversation roughly two years ago, because that's when I bought my Transit Connect. And I got rid of it about a year ago. But and I loved it. I was saying, which she no longer owns. Surprise, surprise. You didn't want to get rid of it, though, did you? Did you want to get rid of that? I can. I would have considered keeping it, um, but it, I needed to have something with a back seat in it. And I looked at converting and putting a back seat in it and using some of the equipment. But the crash structure isn't built into the cargo vans the way it is into the passenger transit connects. Yeah. And uh, it has the seatbelt anchors and it has all of that, but I believe it has different doors and a couple other things. And if it was, you know, me doing it so that I could haul around, you know, all of us to go to podcasts, I probably would do it. But because I got to put Zara's kids in the back of it, I don't think that'd be a good conversation that eh, they got killed. <laughs> Wait, did, did you just did you just basically admit to the fact that you feel like our lives don't matter? Yeah. Basically, yes. Yeah. Yeah, he totally did. That, he, that's he what I heard there, right? right? Like, nah, you know. I would much rather explain to your wives that you're dead because of me not wanting to buy a van. You're old enough to make the decisions to be in there. Her kids aren't. I mean, they're stuck getting in it if they have to. And now we're old. That's why I sold it. And, of course, <laughs> I sold the SHO, and I got the, the wonderful Fusion right now, and you have the oh yeah, it's the fusion, not the use. You got the fusion. I like I like calling them use. Just so what? Um, makes me happy. What van? What van is your dream van? He's going to get one of those Machis. I am actually. I'm. I'm really considering. I want to say I have it narrowed down to three, with the Pacifica being at the top of the list. <laughs> you have it narrowed down to three. Um, There's four damn vans on the market. You know? <laughs> No, yeah, there really. there are more than that. There there really are more than that. Well, no, there's um, there's four worth the wild vans on the market. Well, let's let's go, let's go the through them the really list. quick. You've got the Pacifica, you've got yeah. the Ram Pro Master, you've got the Ram, whatever their small Pro Master is. You have the Ford Transit Connect and the Ford Transit, and you have the Chevy Express. And you have the Nissan NV200 and the NV, is it 2000 for their full size? I can't remember. Yeah, but you're, you're, going, you're going cargo. And I'm going for, like you said, with the, the reason you got rid of the transit is if I get a van, it's replacing one of our dailies, which more than likely it will replace the So you can the throw the, the, the Odyssey in there and the Sienna. Yeah. And I don't mm-hmm. think... Um, and, Nissan does still makes theirs. Uh, do they really? I think so. The, the Sonona. I think so. I I think so. Um, but it's not in. It's not in my top three. See if you can guess what my top three is. 
are the the three that I'm considering. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess Pacifica. Pacifica. Well, I told, I already said that. that that's well, easy. It, uh, it's just a freebie. And one. the the Sienna's got to um, be in there uh, because it's expensive. The Sienna's not in there. The Sienna's actually not in there. Yeah, uh, there's a 2020 Sedona. Did it? That, 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 is it a, a mattress? Yes, it is. The mattress in there? Yep. How'd I know? That's number two. That's that's two of them. So are you, are you keeping and it one, to, the, to the minivans? Sorry, I'm looking at all the vans on the market right I now. I would yeah. have to probably really, throw out the Honda Odyssey because of your affection for the one the Honda plant built. I I like the Honda Odyssey, but I here's the problem with the Odyssey, and this is this is going to say a lot about me. Um, it's too damn expensive. Like even the pre-owned ones are like, they literally hold value better than like a gullwing Mercedes. They're crazy. Like, but wait, they, you, the metric, how much is that? You like, get, the, is the metrics cheaper? You can get a pre-owned metrics for backside of 20 grand, dude. Really? All day long. Huh. Yeah. And they're, they're, uh, turbo, uh, 280 horse turbo rear wheel drive. The only reason I kind of want the metrics is. A, it's it's cargo centered, but it still is decently comfortable up front. B, it's rear wheel drive, and C, that means I can drift a van, which would be fun. Um, and so, would D, your other one be the Ford? No, Transit, actually, not? actually, no. no? Um, there are two Stellantis products in the mix, and one of them has been discoed. Uh, I'm I'm still considering a, a Grand Caravan. I was just going to say, are you thinking about a Grand Caravan? Yeah, I'm still considering the Grand Caravan GT is actually a bargain, dude. It's, uh, it's that's what I was going to say. The Caravan is a flat bargain. It's not the most state of the art. It's not the most plush and everything, but it does what it's supposed to do and seems to do it well, yep. as long as you don't want to do it yep. for a hundred thousand miles. I it'll do it for a hundred thousand miles though. It really will. Like that, that, that Pentastar motor is fine. The transmission that's in there is questionable. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's really, honestly, it's the trick. It's the transmission that's questionable. Yes, the transmission at about a hundred thousand miles will probably turn into a hand grenade. Yeah, I, um, mm-hmm. but you just put another transaxle in it. Yeah. See, I, when I was looking at the Fusion, I was looking at some pre-owned caravans, but I was scared to buy anything with more than sixty thousand miles on it, and I was looking at a certain price range. What's, I mean, you can buy a 2019, you can buy a 2019 Grand Caravan with like 25,000 miles on it for backside of 20 grand, a Caravan GT, which has beautiful pleather. Um, it's, it has, it's, a, whoa, 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 whoa. It's, it's, it's Chrysler. It's a fine Corinthian. No, it's, it's definitely not. <laughs> it's, it is a lot of things, but it's not that. When I bought my Transit Connect, totally stripped in the back, vinyl interior, no options, blah, 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 23K, brand new. I could have wa- yeah. drove across the street and bought a brand new caravan, been a 2018 caravan at the time, Grand Caravan, with seven passenger seating, carpet everywhere, CD player, Bluetooth, all, every, you know, every damn toy you really need. For nineteen grand, <laughs> it was, and if I if I would have done that, I wouldn't have a fusion. I'd still be driving a Grand Caravan. But I'm shocked that you actually didn't end up going and buying a Grand Caravan instead of the Fusion. To be honest, I the thing about the Chrysler stuff, and I know that that you know 
journalists and, and folks that review cars have been harping about this for forever, for decades now. Stow-and-go seating for all rows is the most convenient accessory that you could ever possibly have in a people carrier slash cargo carrier style vehicle. Not having to take 500-pound seats out of a van and put them wherever when you don't want them inside the van, when you actually want to haul some stuff in it is it's, it's akin to cooled seating. It's that good of an option. It's, I don't understand why anyone buys a minivan that doesn't have stow and go. I don't understand how like the, the front row seats that just kind of fold in half, but don't go into the floor and some of the vans that are out there. Why does anyone ever buy that? I'd, you know, you know what I don't understand is is why like stow and go was around in the twenties. I don't know why it went away. Yeah, it's seven not- passenger touring cars had the extra seats that folded into the floor or into the back of the front seat. Like, why did it go away? It was genius. I think in in some of the vans that have it, you've got to put the fuel tank somewhere. You got to do all this stuff that's under the vehicle. Chrysler somehow has it figured out. Does a great job stowing and going all of it. But it's kind of like. If I could buy a Transit Connect that's sat five and be still the long wheelbase, there is actually a version, supposedly, that's five-passenger work van. I think the reason most people who buy a minivan don't need that third row, and then they can stow it out of the way, and it's there in case grandma and grandpa come and they want to go to Olive Garden. The the necessity of having eight foot of cargo for most people doesn't come into play that off and i think that's probably where the manufacturer's thinking and that's what people are thinking when they buy it i totally agree with you sean is stow and goes great um i was gonna say i need to hook you up with a friend of mine talk to me after the show who has owned a caravan for years and they just recently got rid of the caravan for a pacifica and right. you could talk to them and find out which van would they prefer to have still. Now, granted, they're a family of four and things like that. But, you know, I think the Pacific is a gorgeous van, especially when you, you do a little bit of modification to it. But I think in all practicality, the caravan, even more so than even the Transit Connect, is probably, I don't, you know, I there's a reason that van is virtually unchanged from what came out in 1984 because it does everything good and they got it right the first time around. Pacifica and the Grand Caravan will both haul what I truly needed to haul. I mean, the the main reason for us looking at at these is Nemesis is growing and I need to haul simulators around. I need to be able to get them to clients. I need to be able to get them to shows. I need to be able to get them out and actually, um, you know, show them off at experiential events and stuff like that. And I can actually put, a fully built Nemesis Lab simulator into the back of a Grand Caravan in the Pacifica. And the only thing that I have to do is if this if it's a fixed back bucket that's in the in the chassis, I have to unbolt the seat, which is four bolts, because of the height. Um, the Grand Caravan is about an inch and a half taller cargo-wise, cargo opening in, in the hatch area than the Pacifica but it's still not quite tall enough to get a fixed back bucket through the door that's bolted down in our chassis. 
And then like the, the other reason to, to look at the Mercedes is literally no issues with, with any clearance at all. It's, it's definitely more of a cargo van and the rear wheel drive is, is kind of appealing. And if that Mercedes drive one in the Metris, I've read a lot of things about it and it's pretty bulletproof. Uh, it's, it's, it sounds pretty bulletproof and it's a minivan with paddle shifters. Why does that appeal to me? Because I'm a child. That's I why. think you um, can get both the Pacific and the caravan with paddle shifters. I don't can know. You? I, I didn't know. I, Every, everything comes. With I haven't paddle shifters. I haven't been, haven't been van shopping. And I spent one. not a tremendous amount of time, but uh, I spent some time driving a Metris earlier this year. Uh, it was a cargo and it had a, uh, one of the headache walls in it. So, you know, it was a little stripped down. Absolutely. I, you know, when I had the Transit Connect, I wanted a Metris. I liked it. You could, you know, they the, you can put a four by eight sheet piece of plywood in it. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. got more room in There's it. There's a lot more room. It, it feels huge. It fe- it almost felt like driving. I, I surprise everybody. I had a 2001 Dodge 2500 conversion van. And it felt like driving that. It was the mid-wheelbase and that, which ironically is the exact same length as a caravan. The Metris feels huge. It felt it, it felt like a truck. And I think even if you go to the passenger one, it's going to feel like a truck where the caravan's going to be in between and the, the Pacific is going to be a car. But the Pacifica rides it rides handles and accelerates really well like it's i've driven the the pacifica and the grand caravan back to back on the proving grounds up in detroit at, at chelsea and there there's no comparison like you said earlier i mean the the grand caravan is the utility workhorse of the bunch the pacifica is it rides as nice as a chrysler 300 and it's damn near as comfortable as a Chrysler 300 and the amenities as far as the Uconnect and the, it's got the 8.4 inch touchscreen Uconnect in it. And uh, the only thing I don't like is this is the transmission. Uh, Well, I like the transmission a lot. I just don't like the, uh, the gear selector. Uh, I don't know whether they've gone away from the dial. I think they had the dial in the, in the Pacifica. If I'm, I could be mistaken, but it's either the dial or it's the stupid stop that they have. I can't remember both of them. Someone in the design department and the engineering department, need they need to put their heads together and realize that we don't want to turn a dial to put something in gear. I can't stand that. I don't know why I hate that so much. Do. What do you want in a van? I want paddle shifters. <laughs> I hated the dial in the Fusion for the first week, and after that, it's just kind of normal. And really? what, what annoys me the most about it, it's part of the dial. And I, I've never had this problem before. When I turn off the fusion a lot, I forget to put the thing into park and it automatically moves itself to park because there's no physical piece that has to move. It just, you just all of a sudden the four little lights move back over to park before I'm out of the car. Again, now we're to dumbing down of the driver. You know, it's inexcusable for me not to put it into part before I turn it off. But I'm, I'm finding myself more and more often being guilty of that. You know, I think you'll get used to it. But I think as you get used to it, you'll find yourself falling into that trap of being, a you know, a less competent driver. 
I was just going to say, like, you know, that's one of the big things. You know, we got the Acadia recently, and it has the basically buttons in the 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 center of the dash under you know the infotainment system, and it's push button for park neutral and low gears, and then for reverse and drive their toggle, you pull them back. It's similar to the way the, the a lot of the GM products are going. I mean, the C8 Corvette has the, the toggle switch you pull back for gear. And that's, it takes getting used to. I mean, it's it does the same thing because there's no moving components to it. If you turn the vehicle off, you foot on the brake, turn the vehicle off, it just automatically goes to park. Right. Now, what I've found interesting also was if you jump the gun a little too soon, because I accidentally did this, and you're coming to a stop, like in your driveway, let's say, pulling into your driveway, coming up to where you park, you're hitting the brake, you're a little too quick with pushing the button for park to protect the transmission, it engages the park brake, and it stops the thing right now. (laughs) <laughs> like, I mean, I wasn't maybe going, but half a mile an hour, just that kind of too soon of a push and everything just bang, stop. And it drops in park. Yeah. That can't be good. <laughs> yeah. That can't it was be good for the surprising. It surprised me. I mean, glad that it's, they're trying to save, you know, the transmission from any kind of hard tires still rotating all that, but it's, it is definitely something that number one is as John says, you're dumbing down the driver. But to me, it's also very, because it's awkward because it's so easy to do it too soon. You know, it's so easy to just push a button. The alpha lets you do that. Yeah. The alpha, like if you accidentally hit P instead of neutral or whatever with the alpha, it will just go into park at two miles an hour. Yeah. And it's jarring. It's it's crazy jarring. But the other thing that the Alpha does, and it's got the ZF8 speed in it, if I just pull up into a parking place and turn it off, it automatically puts it in park. Like you, Right, and that's the same thing with the Acadia, the new GMCs. It's just electronic, just bang. You yeah. don't have to do it. And I, But I still, I find I've never done that. I still, I put it in park. And that's why I know that at two mile an hour, you can still hit park because I've accidentally hit it before. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, crap, that... Like how many miles did I just take off of this transmission? Exactly. <laughs> On the fusion, it locks you out. You can't turn that dial until it's at a dead stop. So really, that's one. That's for that's Ford. wise. I think that's wise. Yeah, it's yeah. one for Ford, definitely. I I don't understand why. And unless, of course, you're in a situation that you lose brakes, and I go, "What the hell are you supposed to do at that point?" Because you know the putting it in reverse, putting it in neutral. Is there still not a park brake? Well, there is, but. Or is there not a park brake? There is a park brake, but I honestly don't know if it's electronic or hydraulic. And if I have a failure of the hydraulics, it's electronic. So, it's probably electronic. Probably. Yeah, it's probably electronic. I. I, It is. It's really weird that that a car that was built in the two thousands would allow you to go into park with any type of forward or rearward momentum like I, why would a car allow you to do that unless they're like someone's going to do this and they're going to rip the transmission out of the car and we're not going to cover it because we're going to call it stupid and then they're going to have to put 
3500 or $4,000 or $5,000 worth of transmission in the car on their own dime kind of thing. I could be wrong. Am I, am I being mean? Um, beca- because it's an Italian car. Hey, it's- hey, hey. It's a German. <laughs> Whoa. It is. A t- it's the car is very Italian. It's it. If you're going to own an alpha and I highly recommend owning a modern alpha, I have loved that car. Nothing but love for that car. And I just want to own an elf. An elf? An elf? Or an elf? Yeah, not an alpha. An elf. Hey, Willie. He wants an alien life form running around his house. Where's the cat? <laughs> Give me some pizza. Put some cat on it. I just remember the episode where it is was I, 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 I am so sorry. Someone threw, just threw a blanket on me. That's why I'm suffocating. I can't get Wow. <laughs> Don't remember that. I'm going to have to look that up. I was going to say, if we got any listeners who remain through us through with us through the minivan, we just lost everybody with Sean. No, <laughs> no way. We just gained. We just gained listeners talking about Elf. We okay. gained the. All we right. gained the Elf fan club. Exactly. Going back to the minivan thing, really, what I what I truly want is a Sprinter. I really want to. I want a long wheelbase, high roof Sprinter, but that is. That takes the daily drivability out of it for me. Like I know I could daily drive that. I know you you, you could easily daily drive it. And with the five cylinder turbo that's in those things, even the long well be well bleh, long wheelbase high roof gets decent fuel economy. And I'm never going to put thousands and thousands of pounds in it. It's our simulator weighs a couple hundred pounds. But I like having the idea of having the high roof and the extra room just so I could have the thing actually bolted. I had the simulator bolted to the floor with a little desk in the back. And it's basically a mobile office and you pull up and you just plug it in and people can just hop in and out. Like it's a, like it's an office. I've always wanted a high roof, long base, long wheelbase sprinter, but it doesn't make sense if you're looking at it as sort of a dual purpose vehicle and then the other side of me is like, well, just go get something that you could tow something with and get a five by eight trailer. So I, I actually asked the alpha dealer today, you know, what's the towing capacity on a Stelvio? But it's the Stelvio, the maximum tow capacity on a Stelvio is 3,000 pounds. So by the time you put a five by eight behind it and then you put a couple easy ups and a generator and the simulator and it, it doesn't work. So I, I just, I don't really know. I don't know what to do. Say, so remember on that towing capacity too, and there are formulas and Ford, for, because it was a big conversation in the Transit Connect group, there are formulas about frontal area and how much frontal area the trailer has and how that reduces the towing capacity. That towing capacity is rated on a flat trailer. And when you add a five by eight front, you can add that, somehow represents about 700 pounds of trailer weight. So now you actually only have, you can only have 2,300 pounds in that trailer to not exceed what the vehicle's rated at. Granted, DOT weighing the thing, all that's a different story, whether or not it's true. But I do, at one point I had the links for the Ford website that had all the frontal areas to consider. If you're thinking that way, the thing to do is to... Vino's, Vino's. Well, the thing to do is for you to get a um, like eight by 16 trailer, put your office in it, put the simulator in it, help put two simulators in it and buy yourself 
I don't know what your price range is. Buy yourself a, a Grand Cherokee Hellcat or whatever they call them, Trackhawk. <laughs> Trackhawk? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm balling with Trackhawk money, definitely. I have $100,000 SUV money right now. Starting you said Nemesis is growing. I mean, it is. Gro- it, it is. It's growing and it's great. It, and it's a write-off, dude. Yeah, business vehicle. Done. <sighs> Slap Nemesis Labs on the side. Done. This is literally like how keep keep on selling me stuff until it's free kind of situation. Like how deep is the discount? Well, the more you buy, the cheaper it is. Well, keep on selling it to me <laughs> until it's free. I need the free trail or, or uh, track hawk. That's what I. That's what I'm looking for. There you go. Where how how long can I finance a trackhawk? Like, could I get it on a boat loan? You probably get it for could eight. I get a, I, you can get eight years on it. I'm sure. That's, that's not enough. <laughs> that's not long, that's <laughs> you're only enough. paying off what twelve, twelve five a year. It'd be a thousand bucks. That's not long enough. Interest. That's not long mm-hmm. enough at all. I need about a. 26 year loan or so that that would start to make it make sense. Well, if you get, if you, if you got it for, um, ten, uh, nine year, 96 months or 10 years, 120 months at 0%. Oh, at 0%. Then it starts. Oh yeah. Those 0% loans. Yeah. yeah. Those yeah, are, those are easy to find. Cause the, especially the 10 year 0% auto loans. Yeah. They're, they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. Those those are given to exclusively to people with fourteen hundred plus credit scores. No, I just I don't I don't really know what I'm going to do. It's probably going to end up being a Pacifica just because it makes the most sense as as the dual purpose. The Grand Caravan, it's a workhorse. I get it, but the other side of the Grand Caravan is just like you said, John. I'm going to be putting a lot of miles on this vehicle, and that transaxle is not going to last. You know. Grand Caravans have proven anything. Well, you buy the extended warranty for an extra thousand bucks. I mean, you're going to buy the. Uh, grand caravan for 10 grand less than the pacifica aren't you well i don't know no no i mean the, the grand caravans that i've seen that i'd be interested in are anywhere from about 16 to 20 and the pacificas are anywhere from about 19 to 25 but i'm looking at pre-owned stuff i'm not looking at brand new but the cool thing about the pre-owned stuff these days is if you get a certified pre-owned anything these days you automatically damn near get an extra hundred thousand miles of warranty oh, yeah. no matter where the mileage is so yeah that extended warranty on those is the best so not 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 looking for like a suburban or a tahoe like it, the chassis won't really fit in there all that well it's it's and i the other side of it is fuel economy man i mean it's like john said i there's part of me there's there's a deep recess where i was like I could get a 2013 or 14 SRT Grand Cherokee and I could tow 5,000 pounds with it. And it would get me back into a Hemi powered Mopar, which I love so much. But then I remember driving cross country with that thing and towing a five by eight trailer behind it and getting negative mile per gallon. (laughs) Like the Grand Cherokee SRT is an epic machine epic machine that gets no fuel economy whatsoever it returns horrible mileage even without the trailer it's like a 13 mile per gallon vehicle they want to tell you it's a 17 mile per gallon vehicle on the highway um i've never seen it i love i love srt with all my heart man i mean i love them love them love them but it just that doesn't make sense and then 
I've had a, uh, some people have been like, just get a pickup truck and get a pickup truck in a five by eight. And I don't really like that idea either. I don't know. I don't know why the minivan appeals so much. I think John has the, the same minivan as bug as I do. Yeah. The, the minivan is the most practical vehicle ever built. I mean, a Tahoe and a Suburban, yeah, great vehicles. You got to lift everything up three or four feet to get them in it, anything in it. They have a limited uh, height. I mean, the caravan's going to be, what, six inches shorter than a Tahoe, but you're going to be able to put cargo in it that's 12 or 13 inches taller. I mean, some of them do have the stow-and-go stuff in that and in those SUVs, but I think it, SUVs are the most impractical cars in the world. Uh People love, love them because that's the big car of the 2000 teens and 2020s. And well, hell, anything in the last 30 years, people love their SUVs for some crazy reason. I despise them. Well, I think, okay, so being someone who's, you know, married, my you know, to a woman who drives SUVs, obviously she just got the Acadia, uh, had a Subaru Forester prior to that. Um. I know one of her Foresters a car. Well, it's <laughs> it's a station wagon, which all SUVs are station wagons technically. For her, and I, you know, I can only speak for you know her and and myself here, but a big part of it is styling. SUV styling is just a little better looking than a minivan. Is it? A minivan has always just had a certain slab sided feel to it whereas you get a little more styling with the suvs there's uh i there's some really good facebook pages on 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 modifying vans and that you'd be amazed what you can do with a minivan modifying not from factory though yeah but i mean uh, most suvs are are boxes i mean they're they're literally they're just they're a little bit lifted up box and it is kind of a a high roof station wagon but I don't look at an SUV, I don't look at many SUVs and go, "Ooh, that's beautiful." Uh, I do with the Alpha. I think the Stelvio is absolutely gorgeous, but it doesn't make me want one over a Julia. The only reason I'd really, I really want a Stelvio is because the Quadrifoglio version of the Stelvio, it's kind of like the Trackhawk and the uh, the SRT Grand Cherokee, the Porsche Cayenne Turbo, uh, even the Macan, uh, the Porsche Macan. With the with the GTS package, especially, I like SUVs that do things on racetracks and through the twisties that defy physics. But an SUV is a utilitarian vehicle. Like for us, we have the Greyhounds, and Natasha has the little Toyota CHR. And it, yes, it's a crossover, but it's basically an SUV. The roof is too like one of our Greyhounds is so tall that he can't stand up in the damn thing, um, and. They're greyhounds. I mean, he's a big dog for a greyhound, but he's not by any means the biggest dog that you could ever have. You couldn't put a Great Dane in that in that in that little CHR that we have. And most SUVs are kind of like this the squatty roof compared to a, a minivan. It just you lose a lot of utilitarian use out of out of an SUV. And I don't know whether what's your what's your I, I mean, Derek, obviously your opinion is your opinion, and I I I respect it. But I think a lot of it is the stigma that's been placed on es- or, or on uh, minivans by marketing and just weird word of mouth, man. Like I, I don't know why people don't like them. I can't, I can't wrap my brain around it. Because it's the exact same reason that people didn't like station wagons when 
the minivan came out. People didn't like station wagons because they grew up and they were the mom and dad, family car, not sporty. And really, you know, the minivan was supposed to come out in 72 or 73 and Ford the second shelved it and Iacocca literally carried the drawings over to Chrysler with him and said, hey, let's build this. Mm -hmm. The minivan was different than the station wagon. So it kind of became okay to drive. But then you have a whole generation of people that grew up with the minivan being that family hauler, family car, uncool thing that's, you know, the mom car. And that's where we're at now is that the minivan isn't cool and station wagons are cool again because nobody remembers that far back. The people that, you know, our parents are 60 to 80 years old, depending when you, you know, you came around. So they're, they're beyond the generation. I'm sorry, but they're getting beyond the generation that they, they want to go back and be nostalgic with nostalgic with their station wagons. We think they're cool because we didn't grow up with them as a family car. And we grew up with the minivan as the family car. And there's just a few odd ones of us out there that, you know, find them cool. I've, you know, I've loved them since day one. I think the Astro van was one of the coolest things because of the, you know, the way you could modify it, lower it, the car stereos you could put in the things, you know, it all goes back to me and my mini trucks as Derek likes to publicize me about, but, (laughs) and I I think that's the whole reason. We're we're moving to, mini truck guy, minivan guy. It's all he is. We're going to move to SUVs are going to be on cool, and, and I'm I'm guessing in a decade to two decades from now because that's going to be what everybody grew up with. The only reason they might stick around is I don't know whether they I don't know whether that's true. Well, the only really reason they might that. stick around is the manufacturers aren't building any damn thing else. I mean, everybody's going to trucks. That's, that's true. <laughs> you know? That is true. There is no car choices anymore. You have to drive this SUV so because a car is so unsafe because it's so low. So now you've got Toyota. You've got to move yourself up to some sort of SUV. I mean, well, the car is only unsafe because everyone's buying SUVs even when they don't need them. Oh yeah. One thing that I will never understand is the the mom of one or two that buys an excursion or that bought an excursion or an expedition or. Uh, the truck a killer uh, <laughs> insert insert massive SUV here. I just don't get it, man. It's it's a status symbol, is it? I mean, it's basically just a status symbol at that point, isn't it? I, you don't have kids, do you? No, but I mean, if you have one mm-hmm. kid, you don't need an excursion. You you don't have kids, do you? If you have one child. <laughs> There is no way that you can justify unless you built a roller coaster in the back of it to keep your child occupied. You don't need an excursion for one child. There's well, have no you way. Se- have you seen car seats anymore? <laughs> they're huge. They're, ma- exactly. they're massive. And well, yeah, I mean, and strollers. But you should be. And everything you have to take with you with the kids. You should be and in a mini house in an excursion. You should exactly. be in a minivan. It's much more practical, but nobody looks at the damn things because they're uncool. The Pacifica, I think, is the best looking one on the market. It definitely is. It definitely is. If if I could justify, if I could figure out how to justify it, I'd look at a V90R. Um, or the <laughs> John's rolling a transit model across his camera right now, and I I I agree, man. I mean, I. 
I don't hate the transit. I just don't think the transit works for what I need it for. It works perfectly and, and for what you buy... need. It works perfectly for what you need it for business wise. Absolutely, absolutely horrible passenger wise. Dual purpose, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the dual purpose thing that that is locking me up a little bit. Um I'd get a I'd get a station wagon in a heartbeat if I could find one that would actually tow what I needed it to tow. There really isn't anything out there. Like the the Volvo cross countries are awesome. I love the Audi All Road. You can get an Audi All Road really reasonable for a couple year old when you can get them actually they're seventy plus thousand dollar vehicles new and you can buy them in the high twenties. Well, that's because you old. have to fix them without a warranty. That's the that's the problem. Yeah, I mean it's well, I mean you you find a three year three or four year old one that's CPO and they're out there. They are. Well, out the there. the issue with them is they're not full frame vehicles, and towing with right. a, a unibody composed opposed to a full frame. There's where you're losing all your towing capacity. You know, I put right. I mm-hmm. put hitches on the S, uh, on my Ford Edge Sport. I put a hitch on my SHO. I've got a hitch on the the Fusion. And it, when it, it's amazing the sounds and the creaks and the groans and just <laughs> and I'm using a five by eight open trailer with most of these vehicles. It's not like I'm trying to tow something that's heavy, and it's horrendous compared to my F one fifty. You know, I had that F one two thousand twelve F one fifty Lariat crew cab short bed. You didn't get any of that transfer of sound or vibration because it's a body on frame. And the frame is what I think gives you the towing capacity. And that's why no car, no station wagon has any sort of towing capacity now. Look at what they right. used to tow in the 60s. You and need 70s. an old Vista Cruiser, yeah. man. I mean, those. A Roadmaster. I take a Roadmaster. We're, we're talking older than. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but John, I mean, even look at you know, what you're saying, full frame vehicles. And I mean, look at the crazy stuff that was done back in like the late sixties, early seventies into the mid seventies with some of those full frame cars. I mean, there were packages where you could basically get roof rails that had a fifth wheel ball yeah. uh, on them. And you could hook a fifth wheel trailer that was custom made to clear a seventies automobile car. There's actually one of those for sale. Somewhere. The 1970s era car that can pull a fifth wheel RV trailer. And that is, I mean, that is a full frame vehicle. We're recording this the October 7th. So if anybody's listening and they want to go back and dig, probably last week of September or so, there was one for sale, uh, like an old Caprice sedan that had the fifth wheel that hooked uh, hooked to the roof. I know we've all seen the Volkswagen Beetle one that hooked to the roof and then the Beetle can Mm -hmm. do donuts under the trailer and, Things like that. That trailer's actually made of balsa wood, though. <laughs> the one that's on the Beetle. Like, it, you, you couldn't tell much with a Beetle. I'm up in the air, man. I mean, it's if if I had to make the decision tomorrow, it, it would probably have to be the Pacifica. Probably have to be. Just because of the stow and go. Because of needing the room for the dogs and knowing that here in the next month or two, we're probably going to have another Greyhound or two in the house. Because... My wife's dogological clock is ticking, and when it starts, that starts happening, we end up with more dogs. Um, you need a small dog. I've I've got one. We'd love to 
to pass them. You need a chihuahua. A small dog in our house with the two greyhounds that we have right now would literally be a self-driving toy for the dogs. Like, wouldn't end well, I don't think. We have four cats that they don't care about, but small dogs, for whatever reason activates their prey drive immediately (laughs) when they see a small dog outside the fence they lose their mind time for a chihuahua yeah i would not want a chihuahua in the house i think it would the cleanup on aisle four would would be ugly i think you'll end up with the care well you're looking used but i was because i'm thinking if you look kind of new some of the new caravans have massive incentives on and we joked about the 0% financing. I think you could even get that on some of the new caravans. So, yeah, there are actually some pretty good deals on interest right now. We were really thinking about getting rid of the the Julia. I was thinking about trading the Julia on one. And then a couple of weeks ago, I was like, why get rid of the Julia? Both of us absolutely love it. So we'll probably trade her CHR. And yesterday I went online just to see what kind of prices that CHRs are like pre-owned CHRs are bringing those little cars are holding their value, man. What I saw on, on autotradercars.com, I, I looked at Kelly. Um, I looked at, I, they're like, I don't understand why a Toyota CHR is holding its value the way it is, but they seem to be holding their value really well. So I'm, I'm kind of stoked on that. Cause it's um, a Toyota is really that. Is that all it is? Yep. The only bad thing about that little, I I really like it, and she loves the CHR. The only bad thing that we've that either of us, well, it's not really bad. It's just weird, and and it's got a uh, it's got a CVT in it, and because of that CVT, you can't tow anything, with, or you're not supposed to tow anything with it. I, if it if it had a regular normal clutch and gear automatic in it, then we might just get a trailer for it and I'd just, I'd, I'd keep it because it gets amazing fuel economy. It's decently comfortable. It looks like a spaceship. It's, it's a cool little thing, but it's like, I got you a 2015 Dodge grand caravan right here. Uh, 6,900 bucks on uh, marketplace. How many miles? 78,000. Have a new transmission in it. <laughs> Cause, Cause it's about, <laughs> to need, it's about to need one. He, he's got a, 2015 caravan for you for 10 grand. <laughs> 6,800 bucks plus the new transmission. That's exactly yeah. right. Look, I'll make you a deal today, okay? Well, yeah, today, today. today and today only. My father, I've, I think I've said before, he bought one of the first caravans ever on the market. And with the exception of him having his LS400 for three years in the early 90s, and his Dodge Ram pickup for a couple of years as a daily driver because he likes snow plows. Um, every year from 1984, well, actually 83, until 2018, he had a caravan. And his company had multiple caravans. And he had multiple caravans with 180, 200,000 miles on them. And these are, commer- you know, these are caravans off the shelf, passenger vans that are driven by employees and we know how well employees take care of things that are given to them by a company. He, he had that. very, very few transmission problems. He had very, very few. If everything's maintained in that, I think you're okay with them. I'm trying to think he probably had 25 or 30 different vans. I want to say none of them 
ever really needed a transmission replacement. I wasn't involved every single day in that. They survived and they lasted and they have the bad reputation of the transmissions going out. But why, you know, out of the number he had, he should have got a bad one. So is it just that everybody makes too much noise about the bad transmissions and that? Um, you know, I talked to him, I talked him into moving over to an Odyssey the last time and he got an Odyssey this last time. He's had an Odyssey for a couple of years, but. When it comes to the Chrysler, like Chrysler products over the last 20 years, they've gotten a lot better over the last four or five. They really have. Um, but I hope so. They, re- they have. They, they, I've got to see it firsthand. I've, I've just never been a fan of Chrysler. Like I've owned a few and, and just was not impressed with their quality. And I don't know. That's just me. Just me. It's gone way up, dude. It's gone way, way up. Um, but I did, I mean, through my wife, who, you know, was taking care of literally thousands of rental vehicles from a service and maintenance capacity for 20 years, I did get to hear a lot about, got another Chrysler in the shop with a transmission <laughs> gone, got another, this, it, it literally, and it was, it was constant. It was, I can remember her coming home just all the time going again, another Chrysler down, got another Chrysler down, got another Dodge down, got another Dodge down. And she's been gone from that job for, for three years now. So um, she kind of left right when they started getting their act together, um, which, you know, the, the Fiat Chrysler thing. And now with the Stellantis thing, I Fiat Chrysler, when, when Fiat came on board, we saw a big increase in quality. John's just sitting there playing with his little transit model. The doors like, open. He's like the hat. He's a five-year-old <laughs> kid. Um, and I'm over here looking for vans for you. Are you literally <laughs> the worst to, thing to... is, is, you know, I, I can't remember what scale this is, but I got three or four Hot Wheel transit connects in the other room. Really? I have caravan Hot Wheels really? in, in my warehouse. Really? You loved it that much? They're black over silver caravan um, Hot Wheels. I think my grandfather had, what was the first year of the caravan? I, th- I swear my grandfather had 84. 84 was the first year. I think he had an 84. He had a couple of them. And he, I mean, my grandfather would beat the poo out of a vehicle. Okay. I'm, I'm a little off vans right now. Uh, what do you, what'd you find how, now? I don't know how I got to this, but it's kind of blowing my mind. A 91 Ford Festiva autocross car. Uh, it has a Pontiac 3100 uh, put into the, the uh, rear of the vehicle. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so it's got the rear wheel drive swap and everything. Uh, runs great. Starts up. Uh, custom seven-gallon fuel cell. Uh, $800, folks. What? I, You know, I just stumbled across it. I don't know how it happened. Send me that link immediately. I'll sell some RC cars and go buy that. Good Lord. And you better have your van with the trailer because I doubt if it drives home. <laughs> I have a very good friend and we can go get it with his F-250 and his really nice trailer. Well, if you got an Where's F-250, just put it in the back. Just put it in the bed. Yeah. Uh, Jamestown, Tennessee. I don't know That's where that, that far is. Away. Holy crap. Jamestown is the oldest community in the country. It was the first settlement in the United States. Not Tennessee. Yeah, wrong state. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're you're a little far west, a little, little further west than you thought you were. So are are we are we done um basically 
talking everybody's ears off about my hunt for a minivan and the reasons why I want one? Well, we're 49 minutes into this, so the ears that stuck, hey, can be. stuck around <laughs> about minivans, I don't know. We, we've been on a great roll for downloads. This one might kill it, but. I want to know what you guys think. I brought up the the Tahoe, Suburban, stuff like that. Recently, I've been seeing some of the new ones being converted to look like the old, uh, you know, have the 19, late 1960s, like C10 style grill and the two-tone paint job. Uh, you guys seen those? I don't know if there's like a company out there doing it or what, but it is, it's a little funky looking. I don't like the body conversions, you know, that where they're putting this quote C10 front clips on it or even the square body front clips on it. I like yeah. a year or two ago when you took a current model Chevy pickup and they did the two-tone paint job. Oh, the two-tone split. Yeah. That, that was cool for a while because it was different. Now that everybody's doing it, it's, uh, I, I would rather not see another. Did you guys all see the, um, it's like Samsung, uh, no, Samsung or something like that. Uh, I don't, I hold on. We, we got to talk about this. You're, you're, um, you're losing me. Okay. Okay. So if we're going to be talking about these, you know, these vehicles, have you, it's, it's Songsan, S-O-N-G-S-A-N, Songsan, Songsan Motors out of China and the SS Dolphin, the electric car. <laughs> Have you seen this thing? SS Dolphin. Song, Songsan SS Dolphin. I'll share the screen. Here, I'll share right. it like this. The 160,000, What? Look familiar? <laughs> the wheel covers make it look like a slot car. You know, like a 64 <laughs> scale slot, slot car, which would be fully electric in most cases. That is true. If you guys don't send me these pictures, I can't put them on the Facebook or the Instagram for our listeners to enjoy and they kind of tune out. Or or the listeners could literally, if we go live if we go live on the video on with video on Patreon. We don't do Patreon anymore. Watch yeah, but we could. It is buy us a coffee. What in the hell is that? No, buy us a coffee. <laughs> What's that? I think we're about You to literally have... had a sock puppet ready? Was that gotta a... be ready? You gotta be ready. Oh, you have yeah. to well, he's gotta man. have you his so hands have warm when he runs out to his Zamboni. <laughs> it's true. It's all about the Zamboni. Exactly. I need to fire up Zamboni Simulator again and just try to not slip my throat getting to the next level. <laughs> you know, actually, so big, you know, big news on my end of things, all, all the building materials are being dropped off tomorrow for the barn. For your ice rink. Well, you know, what I'm thinking is the barn goes up. I'm going to have smooth concrete in it. I'm probably going to need a Zamboni, you know, I could retrofit it to have cleaning brushes instead of, you know, I just drive over Zamboni around the shop, cleaning the floor. I dare you. I absolutely dare you to do it. Actually, you need to just build the shop. And then as an extension off the back of it, you need to build a, I don't know, just a half, a half court, a half rink, a hockey rink. Yeah, well, just, just get so an ice can... rink, get a half, half size ice rink, half size yeah. Zamboni. Well, he's yeah. in Northern yeah, Kentucky. Yeah. 
he's going to have this smooth concrete floor. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? You're in northern Kentucky. Where am I? Northern Kentucky. You're not on the south border. Southern, southern Kentucky. I'm two miles from the border with Tennessee. Exactly. You're in northern. Literally drive two miles south. You're in northern Kentucky. And I'm in Tennessee. (laughs) You're in northern Kentucky. You have this smooth concrete. You could potentially flood it, keep it wet while you have a freezing night and the whole barn would become a, a ice rink. You could, yeah, I mean, you could flash freeze it. We used to do that all the time to slide bikes across. Number one, I think John needs to uh, work on his geography. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, there's a very few nights that go below freezing where I am. Yeah, that's what they told me about Alabama, too. It's It doesn't get freezing down here all that often. You need to be out every night watering down the barn for when it does. Water, watering down the barn. I don't live in California. I don't need to water my buildings down. (laughs) If the concrete goes below freezing, all you have to do is just take a bucket of water and just throw it. Mm -hmm. And it just, it's this thin layer that won't go away. And it's, it is amazing. And then you get this, your stainless steel scraper out and you, you roll it up into a nice roll, put some chocolate in there. Oh, sorry. We didn't do that, but you could do that. We literally just power slid bikes across it all night long because that's what we did when I was 12. If I do that, there's going to be a a 1919 Chevy 490 doing donuts inside the building. Let's do that. Just sliding. I'll come to Kentucky for that. Let's do that. Well, to save the listeners, um, just go buy us a coffee. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. There's no recorders? Holy crap. Just go buy us a coffee. Maybe next time we'll be a little bit more awake for this show. www.nodrivinggloves.com. That gets you just about anywhere. Uh, We did do a pod page, which is podpage.com, no driving gloves with a dash between no and a dash between driving. And that actually has a really nice map because I haven't moved it over to our webpage of all the places you Real easy. But no matter what podcatcher you use, click it and you can subscribe. Again, like us, subscribe, give uh what do I want to say? Give us some feedback in Apple Podcasts, not on this episode, please. And uh I'm gonna wind this one up and save everybody the pain. Buy me a latte with a double shot, please. I, I mean, thought you wanted to buy you a van. I'll I'll take that too. I'll take the coffee. You buy me a van, I'll buy Derek a coffee. How's that? Thank you for listening, and remember to look us up at nodrivinggloves.com. There you can find back episodes, links to products we recommend, and links to all of our social media. Be sure to tell a friend about us. No Driving Gloves is edited and produced by J. Lewis Productions.